Hello there. <laughs> Hi. So I haven't been feeling very slay. Um, as you would know from listening to my previous podcast. Um, firstly, happy Pride Month. Um, I hope you're all out there slaying it. I mean, I'm slaying it in my own way, but I'm not feeling particularly slay. Um, yeah, so I guess like, you know, you've read the title of the podcast. I will be getting into that. I'll be talking about that whole experience. Um, I guess something I wanted to add, add to from... The last episode, because I was was thinking about it and, um, you know, I was thinking about how, like, despite um, potentially embarrassing myself, you know, by making this podcast, I think that what I'm doing is actually really brave and could genuinely really help even one person. So I think that's really cool. And I will continue with it because even if I'm able to reach and help just one person, that would mean the world to me, honestly. Um, So I've been like really depressed, like, like so depressed. I can't describe it with words, you know. Um, yes, I've really, I've really been struggling with, um, you know, thoughts of self-harm, suicidal ideation, all that fun stuff. And on Thursday, um, I'm recording this. I'm recording this on Sunday, the 5th of June. Um, Yeah, so just this past Thursday, um, I was, like, next level depressed. Like, I've been feeling really bad every day, but this was, like, this was, like, some next level shit, you know? I wasn't quite prepared for it. Um, I mean, I have been... I have done a lot of work to prepare myself in how to handle these kind of situations but with the environment that I'm living in um, I'm not going to go and explain it all again I've already talked about it way too much (laughs) in my previous podcast but essentially it's all like to do with the environment I'm living in at the moment and if like your basic needs like you know feeling like you're living in a safe, comfortable environment and, you know, can live comfortably. If that's not being met, then it's incredibly difficult to do all the other things, if that makes sense. Um, Generally, I'm, like, super on top of it. Um, Like, honestly, like, I'm going to go ahead and say, like, I'm really proud of myself like I think it's really impressive what I've managed to achieve 
despite um, how severe my mental health issues are. Um, So on Thursday, nothing was working. Like I was trying to do all these different things to make myself feel even a little bit better. Um, Some of them were maybe not the best idea, like spending like almost $300 on clothes online. But, you know, sometimes you have to try things um, to see if maybe it will um, help with the intrusive thoughts. It, it Like temporarily, actually, no, I don't think it helped at all, no. It was exciting, you know, uh, making the shopping cart um, but that, like, that feeling didn't last very long. And then even after, like, buying the clothes, I didn't really <laughs> feel any different. Um, so that didn't work. And, you know, I tried doing a bunch of my other usual, um, self-care type stuff, like, you know, like, trying to help regulate my emotions. Um, none of it was working. Um, I ended up texting my old therapist, Um, I did email her a little over a month ago and she didn't respond. And, like, that's fine. Like, I just really didn't want to... Like, it was either, like, oh, yeah, she's done with me and, like, fair. Like, if you had enough of me and my shenanigans, that's fair. But, um, yeah, I wasn't... I, I, I didn't think that was really the case, but... But I knew, like, to actually get a hold of her, I would either have to text her or call the uh, doctor's clinic. And I didn't want to do either of those things. Um. (laughs) So anyway, yeah, so on Thursday I was like, okay, even though I have an appointment booked with a new therapist coming up, like, I need to see someone ASAP who at least, like, knows my whole backstory. I don't have to go through you know, my entire life story from birth until now, like I can just kind of carry on from where we last left off. Um, so I, I texted my my old therapist and um, she was like, yeah, of course. Like, and she like apologized about how, um, like she genuinely didn't see the email and she's really bad at checking her emails. And she said like, I can come in, on Tuesday and like okay that's like super awesome I I guess I probably should have been more um more honest about how bad I'm feeling I think I was pretty honest but like not not um I could have dramatized it a little bit because I was feeling really helpless. Um, Yeah, I guess I I just wanted... I really wanted someone to help me, like, to reach out to me in that moment, and I didn't feel like I had anyone. Um, There was a phone number I could have called, because really, like... 
I think the reason why I wasn't like super upfront with my therapist was because um, you're not really supposed to do that over over text or like over the phone with your therapist. I mean, they, it's their job. They need to get paid. Um, and she has given me like phone numbers I can call if I am feeling really bad. So like, I, it's a good thing I wasn't like super dramatic. Um, yeah, yeah, there was a phone number I could have called, but I, I just didn't feel like it. You know, I felt like, honestly, I always feel like I'm taking up space. Like, you know, I'd be taking up space on the phone line for someone who is like actually suffering. I mean, (laughs) it's like, I feel I feel like no one's going to... Well, I am genuinely suffering. I know I'm suffering, but I feel like no one is going to believe me. Um, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to stop saying that. I'm trying to stop saying, you know what I mean? Because I need to be more confident in what I'm saying. Um, and I know what I mean. I don't need other people to know what I mean. I need to stop, stop saying that. Um, yes, so I, because I was feeling that low and that, um, I was, I was at the bottom, you know, I was at the bottom of the pit. I couldn't rationally think about the whole, um, phone call situation. Like I just, yeah, I just felt like, oh no, there's other more important people they could be helping um so then I just totally gave up and instead of um trying to make myself feel better anymore because I had tried pretty much everything and nothing was working I decided to try and make myself feel worse um Babes, what are you, what are you doing? What are you thinking? Unbelievable. Absolute silly little rat bag. Um, um, so I decided a cool, fun idea would be to search on Facebook for uh, one of my child groomers from when I was, I think I was seeing him when I was like 13. So I started to look him up on Facebook and, you know, I saw like, you know, all of his latest photos and you know, I could see like what he's doing for work and all the stuff going on in his life. And it all looked so good and he looked so happy and he looked really well. And that made me feel fucking awful. Um, obviously, even just like looking at a photo of him makes me feel fucking awful. But then like seeing like, oh, he's doing so well. Um, you know, that fucked me off. Um And then, like, I kept going through all of his photos and then I got to photos that were taken around the time when I was seeing him. 
And, like, that was it. That was it for me. Like, I was done. You know, it, like, it took me right back. I was right back there. Um, done. You know, I was done. That was it. That was the moment, you know. Um, so I went to the bathroom and I feel like I need to put, like, a trigger warning. I mean, my entire podcast should be a trigger warning. Like, even, like, the title of my podcast should be trigger warning. I I don't want to have to put trigger warnings on every single episode. Like, um... I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to be managing other people's triggers. Um, I'm just trying to. Uh, I'm just trying to get my personal mental health experiences out there and share it in a way um, where I'm, you know, adding a little bit of my sense of humor into it and not making it into this big deal like it's a big deal but I don't want people to feel ashamed if they have went through similar experiences is is what I'm trying to say I guess by talking about by talking about my mental health struggles in a in a casual way and adding like humor to it I'm trying to um like I want people I want people to understand that like you're not a freak, you're not crazy. These are normal experiences that people go through. Normal in the way that so many people experience them. It's so common. And but like it doesn't feel that way because people aren't talking about it enough. And I think if I can share my experiences in a way that's lighthearted, then it could potentially make people feel like it's okay to not be okay as, um, you know, cringy as as that is, Um, which I know is like super cliche. But, yeah, it's true. It's true. It's okay to not be okay. Um, Okay, so continuing. I went to the bathroom. Like, I have a routine. I do. I have, like, a routine of when, like, I want to self-harm. I always do it in the shower. Or... Yeah, like, usually always in the bathroom um, so I can, like, easily wash up, you know, if I make a mess. Um, Yeah, so I was in the shower. I was naked. Um, I'd put my playlist on. (laughs) Was vibing. Um, It's not a self-harm playlist, but it's my sad playlist. It's called... um, crying on the bathroom floor yeah I think that's what it yeah crying on the bathroom floor I'm pretty sure that's what it's called um it's not a self-harm playlist but it is my sad playlist so (laughs) 
like when I need to have a cry, you know. But um, I put that playlist on. It was vibing, um, <laughs> as you do. Um, and like, okay, my plan was maybe six or seven superficial cuts just to feel a release. This is what I had in mind. And I like I just needed a release because nothing was making me feel better and um, self-harming. Although it can generally make you feel worse later. Um, in the moment, it is a great release um i just wanted to i was actually thinking like the best um the best depiction of um self-harm and why you know someone might do it was in my favorite book well one of my favorite books um it's a graphic novel or a comic book because some people don't know what a graphic novel is. My mum thought graphic meant, like, um, sexual. No, it's not like that. <laughs> it's like a comic book. Um, yes, it is called My Lesbian Experience with Loneliness by Nagata Kabi. And just wanted to find where she talks about self-harm okay okay so all right this is from her very first book um yeah my lesbian experience with loneliness i'll just read a quote from it Years later, I read about a person who hurt herself. She said, I don't really understand the pain in my heart. It doesn't have any real form. But it's easy to understand the pain when it's my body that's being hurt. It calms me down. And I totally got it. Putting the invisible pain in my heart into words was a process that took time and effort. And more than that, you can see it. The cause is very clear. Creating and seeing the dummy pain calms you down. You feel better right away. Um, And yeah, when I read that, like, that really resonated with me. All of her books are amazing, by the way. Like, she's a huge inspiration. She's a huge inspiration to me. Um, yes, so I was in the shower, um, and (laughs) I went to make the first cut and honestly, I don't know what happened. Like this has never happened before. I wasn't, I don't think I like pushed harder than I'd had in the past or, 
it wasn't a, a new um, blade or anything. Um, like I'd used it a few times. Like it's it was an eyebrow razor to shave shave my face. Um, and yeah, I I have no idea what happened. Um, but um, it like you know, it was not to not be um too gruesome like I looked at it and I was like oh ah! <laughs> that has never happened um panic 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 that's way too deep um that is not going to heal on its own okay shit 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 fuck fuck <laughs> panic 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 I was like, oh god, okay. I don't know how to do stitches. This is this is bleeding a lot. Like, I was totally freaking out because I like had never. That was never ever my intention. I didn't want to hurt myself um, to that extent. Um, obviously, shouldn't have been hurting myself in the first place. But um, yeah, it's honestly. It's made me not want to do it again because I don't know what happened that made that happen. I maybe it was the angle or something. I don't know, but um, I don't want to have to go have someone stitch my leg up again. Um, so I called triple zero. I was naked on the bathroom floor, um, holding a towel to my leg, um, and the person on the phone was awesome she was so lovely and then they transferred me to like the mental health line like while I waited for the ambulance to come and that lady was amazing um and I'm like trying to put put clothes on while still applying pressure to my wound and like my hair's wet and I look an absolute mess. The clothes I put on were, was like, I have been wearing like tracksuit pants, you know, because it's winter here now. And I was like, oh, well, that's not going to work because they need to be able to easily get to my leg. So I put these little tiny pajama shorts on and I had a t-shirt on and a hoodie and not warm enough. None of that was warm enough. But, like, I was panicking to just get clothes on because um, the ambulance was going to be there soon. Um, and the lady I spoke to um, from, like, the mental health department um, on the phone while, while I was waiting for the ambulance, she was, you know, asking me – she asked me a lot of questions, obviously. Um, but when I told her um, my medication and – how many milligrams I'm on. She's like, oh, darling, 50 milligrams wouldn't be making a dent. (laughs) But, like, I didn't, you know, I wasn't going to bother trying to explain my whole backstory of how, like, I have been on 200 milligrams of that same medication and I have tried other medications. Um, And usually I'm totally fine, but... This is just life circumstances at the moment. 
Um, but you know, I thought that was really funny that she said that, which would be true for some people that 50 milligrams wouldn't be doing shit for that, um, mental illness. Um, and then (laughs) I, I heard, um, I heard the ambulance pull up and somehow I remembered to still get my Medicare card, (laughs) got all the essentials, put my Birkenstocks on. And, um, so (laughs) I went outside and I was like, hello. (laughs) And the paramedic's like, oh, are we here to see you? And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) Um, and they they took my obs and he asked me like if i had like a cold recently if i'd been sick and i was like i told him i had been feeling really sick um but it's probably cuz i haven't been eating properly sleeping properly you know drinking enough water all that stuff um my temperature was I'm pretty sure he said 39. Um, Yeah, very high. Um, But also that could be incorrect. I know it was above, it it was well above normal. They were very shocked by my temperature. And all of my obs in general, they were like, did you have like an energy drink or something? <laughs> I'm like, nope. <laughs> Just having a panic attack. <laughs> um, and he was awesome. Like both of them were fantastic. Um, they totally redeemed um, my opinion on paramedics because I've had a bad experience with paramedics and hospitals in general, I've had bad experiences, but, um, they were so awesome. Um, anyway, um, I got stitches that really sucked. Felt like I was going to pass out. (laughs) Um, also like I like, I called triple zero at about 3.20 in the afternoon and I don't think I started getting stitches until maybe like 6pm and the doctor who did my stitches, she was lovely. Everyone in the whole hospital was amazing. Everyone was so nice. Um, which I was shocked. I wasn't expecting at all because I went to a hospital not too long ago, um, uh, for tonsillitis and yeah, they were so mean to me. Um, um, so yeah, the, the doctor who did my stitches, she was Korean and, um, we talked about K-drama and anime while I was getting stitched and that was an amazing distraction. She was really, really nice and 
Um, she made me laugh a lot. And, you know, the paramedic that took me to the hospital, he made me laugh a lot. Everyone was so nice. Um, I'm making this sound like a great experience. It was horrible, okay? <laughs> like, it was so exhausting. Um, would not recommend at all. Um, but I was very lucky to have been seen to by amazing people um, who clearly really, really cared about me. Um, like I felt like they genuinely cared. Um, and then I had to get a tetanus shot and then I had someone from their uh, mental health department speak to me and she was the um, only person I spoke to who I felt like 100% got my situation. Um, She had like some of my history from when I'd called their um, like crisis line um, in March. So she had like some of my history from then and she completely understood that I'm usually really on top of it like very well advanced in um, taking care of my mental health but um, it's literally just been the floods that have triggered all of this like she 100% understood that and knew that that was the problem um, yeah so that was really validating and it was like she she, she totally got it um, and I didn't feel like I had to explain myself. Um, yeah, cause I felt like I was having to explain to everyone like, like, oh no, like this is like, I usually, I'm um, totally fine because <laughs> they're not going to believe you either if, if they, if they're not from the mental health department and don't have experience, a lot of experience with people with mental health, like they're just, they're not really going to believe you or understand. Like, and also she, um, the staff from the mental health team, she had a, obviously had a really great understanding of BPD and, um, could understand that what I had done was actually quite, normal, um, very normal considering, um, my situation. So she was amazing. Um, and then she told me about this peer support group that they have at the hospital. And like, I genuinely wanted to check it out and see what it's like. Um, but also I thought, oh, it probably won't end up being something I'm into because, I'm usually pretty self-sufficient and I actually find that um, doing group kind of things to be very draining um, and exhausting and yeah, but I still wanted to go check it out. Um, So I went down and I met two of the lovely people that work there and in my little pyjama shorts, my little tiny pyjama shorts, I was freezing cold and 
I was so tired, so tired, and my eyes were like bloodshot from crying, and I had hardly had any sleep. And by this time, it was um, after 7 p.m. Yeah, so called triple zero at three twenty, and then I, you know, get to this peer support group sometime after seven. And during all that time, I had not had any water or any food, and uh, the last time I had eaten or drank anything was maybe at about twelve, like around lunchtime, and that was not. A proper meal at all. I'm embarrassed to say what it was. <laughs> it was like some sweet potato fries. I maybe ate like a handful of them and then um, I had an iced coffee. Anyway, um, yeah, so the people at the peer support group were awesome, but they weren't really my vibe um and I know they they didn't know my whole life story and the amount of therapy that I've had so their advice and words of support and just generally the way that they were talking to me came off as condescending but that was my perception of it because like obviously they they don't know anything about me and they probably thought oh this is her first time doing something like this and um that I'm not like I haven't been getting any help or you know they didn't really know at least as far as I know they didn't they weren't like passed on any information or very little information about me. Um, yeah, so it came off as, like, very condescending. Um, they were so nice, though, I have to, I have to emphasize. They were so nice. <laughs> they, this, the work that they're doing is really important. Um, also, yeah, it would have been coming across that way to me because I hadn't eaten or drank anything in seven hours. Um, I'm an introvert. I have a personality disorder and overall I was absolutely exhausted and I was freezing cold and I smelt like sweat. Um, I just wanted to go home. Um, and then I told them that and then they called they arranged like for me to have a taxi, which I didn't have to pay for, and that was really nice. It was so nice. I like went to get my card out, like to pay for the taxi, and he's like, "Oh no, it's all covered. Like they already paid for it for you." And I was like, "What?" Um, yeah, I had to wait. Like, it must have been almost over an hour for this taxi because what happened was. Like the hospital called the taxi company, but then the taxi company didn't call a taxi to come to the hospital. So we were thinking it was the hospital's fault and like someone had forgotten to go do their job. Um, but yeah, no, it was the taxi company. They didn't actually go and call a taxi. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so the the people at the peer support group, they gave me a bunch of really great resources. Um, but after I got some sleep, I realized they weren't really for me. Um, and I know what works for me. And um, I, you know, I know what my best like coping strategies are. Um, I'm just in this difficult in between life situation (laughs) where I can't, you know, I just want to go back to my apartment and not be in this house anymore. Um, yeah, I just, I need some therapy and I need stability and I need my independence back. The hospital I went to was the PA hospital in Brisbane. And I figured I'll um I'll share with you some of these resources they gave me. Um although I like you know they're not really for me, I think they could be great for other people. Um I'll firstly, like, the um, mental health crisis line, the one that I mentioned that I called in March, um, it is... So this is for the PA hospital, PA hospital mental health line. I don't know if you can... I'm assuming you can call it if you live in other states. I, I don't I don't really know. Um, but if you live in uh, Queensland... Um, even better if you live in Brisbane. You could definitely call this number. Um, I I just I found them really really helpful, and I wanted to share it. If you do live in Brisbane, um, another great service I tried was the Beyond Blue like online chat because um, I know sometimes you you know you don't feel like talking to someone on the phone. Um, and yeah, I tried Beyond Blue's online chat and that really helped me. Um, I'll put, I'll put all of this in the description as well, but, um, the PA hospital mental health number is one three double zero six four two two double five, And one of the resources they gave me um is brook red and that's a peer operated community providing support for any individual who has a lived experience of mental health concern we use the unique insights and connections that a peer perspective offers to support people to work towards holistic recovery Um, and you can find them at brookred.org.au they have three centres. Each centre has its own activities and sense of community, so feel free to call them or pop in to find out more. Um, oh, it says three centres, but then they've got four four locations listed. I don't know. Um... Yeah, they've got one at Mount Gravatt, Kapalabar, Bean Lee, 
and Highgate Hill. Okay, and then they have a LGBTIQA support space, um, and that's at their Kapalabar location. The peer support space that they took me to, um, they call it the crisis support space, and it is open during 4 p.m. to 9 p.m., Thursday to Sunday. And basically what you can do is go to the emergency department at the PA hospital, the Princess Alexandra Hospital. You can just show up um, and say that you want to go to the crisis support space and they will call um, they'll call someone to come bring you down um, yeah that's basically all you have to do um, also I should mention that the um, the space was really nice um, they had like a bunch of like fidget toys and like coloring books lots of snacks like lots of free snacks and tea um, they had like yeah, lots of sensory stuff. Um, yeah, it was really nice. Really, really nice. So, um, so I guess if you live um, close to the PA hospital and that sounds like something that would be helpful to you. Um, yeah, um, it's free. You just literally just rock up to the emergency department and say you want to go to the crisis support space. And yeah, that's it. Oh yeah, so here, I'll read, I'll read you a little bit more about it. Um, what happens in the crisis support space? Supports may include sensory tools and other tools slash worksheets to promote self-regulation, providing a calming atmosphere, allowing a safer space to connect and explore distress, formal or informal future-focused strategy building to maintain safety and well-being, referrals to services as appropriate to support the individual and their specific circumstances, well-being um, safety planning, offering hospitality, snacks, beverages, friendly conversation to ease into the space. Oh, they also have um, an email if you don't want to, um, if you just want to email them and know more about it, um, I'll, I'll just put the email in the, in the description. Um, yeah. So that's about it guys. Time to pack it up, pack it up. Let's pack it up and go home. No, I am home. I'm, I just like to say that. Yeah, so... I'm doing okay. Like, I'm... I'm better than I was. Yeah, don't... Don't feel afraid to reach out if you need someone to talk to. Um... But also go to a therapist. Therapists are awesome. 
I'm very tired now. Um, also, I haven't had anything to eat, so I need to go eat something. And I need to drink some water. Um, well, um, I hope you have a wonderful week. You are an absolute stunner. Totally gorge and slaying it. Slaying the house, boots the house down. Can't believe how. You, I, iconic. Iconic. And don't ever forget it. Don't ever forget it. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, bye.